Welcome to No Compromise Radio, a ministry coming to you from Bethlehem Bible Church in West Boylston. No Compromise Radio is a program dedicated to the ongoing proclamation of Jesus Christ. Based on the theme in Galatians 2 verse 5, where the Apostle Paul said, But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour, so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. In short, if you like smooth, watered-down words to make you simply feel good, this show isn't for you. By purpose, we are first biblical but we can also be controversial. Stay tuned for the next 25 minutes as we're called by the divine trumpet to summon the troops for the honor and glory of her king. Here's our host, Pastor Mike Abendroth. Welcome to No Compromise Radio Ministry. Last Tuesday, I was saying this too fast. I want to make sure our listeners can get their seatbelts on and listen to our guest today, Pastor Steve. You did speak too fast. Last week, and actually, I thought we were going to do the whole thing in a really kind of manic, sort of super fast way, but we didn't. Steve, when James White listens to No Compromise Radio on his bicycle at 1.5 speed, we should do a trick on him, and we should really talk fast or something, and then slow, and then he has to kind of, you know, switch gears. That would be so Hey, Pastor Steve, I've been wanting to ask you this in person, and so you are in person now. At your sabbatical, you were working on a book, and I haven't seen the book yet, so give me the scoop on the book. Tell well, our listeners what's right book here. Was I've been... He just tried to hand me the Bible. It's the Message Bible, but uh... oh, before you answer the question, someone sent me, and maybe it was Aaron who sent me. There's a. Aaron Householder? How'd you know? Okay. Uh, it's. Uh... One of those parallel Bibles, you know, you have two or three different translations all in one Bible, and it was the NAS and the message together. Ow. That's kind of like, it must be some kind of nuclear fusion. Steve, that has the same kind of rationale as the Kohlenberger, a Hebrew interlinear, and between the lines, it's NIV. That's just nonsense. I mean, that's just goofy. Why not the TNIV and the message? That would be a better better uh, matchup there. See? So how about uh, the book? The, Any update? The what was Living the, Bible. What was the book? Is this just I all really smoke kinda, and mirrors? I've really kind of forgotten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> forgotten. It's, it's uh, what do I call it? It's called, like, it. the basic premise of the book is it's enemies or, uh, I, I, I hadn't really decided what pests to call it, but, uh, you know, cockroaches in the household of God. No, it's, uh, oh yeah, the Trojan horse thing. Because here's the, here's the picture. There are all these um, either problem people or problem attitudes within the church and how they... Uh, erode the unity of the church and are really condemned in scripture. And yet they are, they're, they're done willy nilly. I mean, they're done as if they have no consequences and everybody has the complete freedom to do whatever they want. So, so that's the, that's the basic premise of it, but it's, it's, it's all wrong. I mean, if, if the Bible says we should strive for unity, then the idea that some of the members would be undermining, actively undermining uh, unity is, is kind of a weird concept, isn't it? Um, um, yum. Steve, we haven't had a message moment in quite some time. Okay. We're we, just, we just talked about the message, so now we need the... Who sang that song, why, The Drifters? Why don't we have some special... Oh, this magic moment? Yeah. This magic moment. 
so different and so new. Galatians, I can't believe your fickleness. How easily you have turned traitor to him who called you by the grace of Christ by embracing a variant message. It's not a minor variation, you know. It's completely other, an alien message, a no message. Maybe that's what we should call the message. You, you know what? I have to say, that's probably the best work he's done. I mean, that I can, that I can remember. I actually think, now, that's not a translation, but you could preach from that, right? <laughs> he says, true. So lie right. about God. Those who are provoking this agitation among you are turning the message, capital M, of Christ on its head. Let me, let me be blunt. If any one of us, even an angel from heaven, were to preach something other than what we preached originally, let him be cursed. I cannot believe he said cursed. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I mean, every once in a while, you know, the squirrel finds a nut. I mean, that's just... <laughs> okay, you bailed me out. That's all I need. So, Steve, last time we were talking about, oh, some kind of crazy things you don't find in the Bible by who knows who. Let's do, let's do a few more because I, I found it quite... It was fun. Is it okay to have, have fun as a Christian? No, um, we should be more cerebral, more restrained, more monotone. Probably like Reformed Baptists. Or Jonathan Edwards. Okay. Now, was it true that the first dentures that people would have were made out of horse teeth? I know that's true because you told me. Yeah. And so do you think Jonathan Edwards had horse teeth dentures? I certainly hope not. Mm. But if he did, it would explain the monotone. So in this householder.com guy, list. Whose brother played Major League Baseball. Yeah, okay. Uh, I made that up. He said that this isn't found in the Bible, that uh, Jesus never uttered the word grace in the Bible. So I guess he didn't believe in grace, since he never said the word. People say also, Steve, not from this list here, but Jesus never condemned homosexuality, so we must not therefore condemn Jesus it. never used the word Trinity. You know you what? Can, you can look it up. You know what? He never used the word Bible. You can look it up. Yeah, but he, and he never used any other English word either. See, I want to go into my Don Knotts, Don Knotts Barney Fife voice. You can look it up. When you say Don Knotts, though, I'm thinking about he was some kind of fish, Mr. <laughs> Limpet or something. And he'd still say, you can look it up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why do I confuse Don Knotts with Jim Neighbors? I don't know, even though they would appear sometimes on the same show because Jim Neighbors would be Goober. On their, yeah, he mm-hmm. was... Was he? No, he was Goober's cousin. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. You know, we should probably have, when somebody introduces a doctrine into the church or into Christianity or something, we should have like a Jim Neighbors moment or something. We could play it in the background. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we we need more sound effects on the show. Well, Who's the guys it? have showed me how to put it like plugged in and stuff uh, into this, you know, behemoth mixing board. Why don't we have an engineer, you know, or... I, or I like know. like at least a an easy cheesy board where you can just hit you know Jim Neighbors you know and have it kind of Steve as you are my witness when we were in the secretary's office today she and we were I was sending out some book or something I said put on the no co budget she said you're out of money for the no co budget I said well that's pretty simple because when you don't ask for money you don't get it so we usually get an ample supply of Pete's coffee in the mail but that's about it hmm. so should we change our theology now would this be a good kind of like our end of year begathon. Yes, it is the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. 
times if, are times are if tough. If you're looking for a place to put all your tax uh, taxable income, mm-hmm. and uh, I wonder what what address we could. What's your home address? By the way? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, it's uh, Peabody Lane. <laughs> Sherman and Peabody. Sherman and Peabody. Yes, well, okay. I mean, you know, with uh, with the internet now, anybody could find out what my home address is. So that's true. They could probably Google it or something. Uh, yeah, you can. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what about discipleship? Oh no, let's get back to this. Jesus never said grace. Uh, what What do we think about uh, in these last days? Hebrews one. God has spoken to us in His Son, and we know that His Son has given apostolic messengers uh, to proclaim His truth. Uh, ministered through the person and work of, of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus doesn't have to say a word for it to be biblical. Otherwise, we'd be these kind of Marcion canon kind of red letter Bible Christians only. Well, not not only that, but I mean, the concept <clears throat> of grace is uh, is obviously presented in his teaching. So, I mean, the idea that he didn't use the word grace. OK, fine. You know, I mean, he, again, he didn't use the word Trinity. Did he refer to the Father, you know, in a way that we would think of him as God? Yes. He referred to himself as God? Yes. He referred to the Holy Spirit as God? Yes. But he never used the word Trinity. So, so what? Steve, Titus chapter 2, it says, For the grace of God, verse 11, has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. And so I think it's fair to say that Jesus is grace incarnate. I think that's very fair all to right. say. All right. All right. How about discipleship? Did you know, Steve? You know, I've been using this, but it's almost like it's bragging, so I have to be careful. But I have been to three theological seminaries, and I currently teach at two. See, doesn't that sound impressive? So so you got kicked out of two, and then you graduated (laughs) from the third one. (laughs) Went to Master's Seminary for most of my uh, life. Got chased out. Uh, Yeah, I got chased out. Had to go to Talbot for a class. They let me back in at Master's. Uh, did the D-men at Southern. But anyway, I did not know that discipleship was somehow not found. Mm. Yeah, discipleship. So when you're making disciples in Matthew 28? Well, he said, it's, this is a made-up word based on a military Latin mistranslation of mathetes, students. Oh, so make <laughs> students of all the nations. <laughs> <laughs> no, math students. Oh, yes, yes. trigonometry. Math, math is uh-huh. math students. Yeah. And it could be like, you know, the, the Britishers, uh, the London folks, they, they give the F sound to the TH sound. So it's math. So Jesus' last words were essentially make sure everybody knows calculus. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And, and it's pi to the ninth significant figure. Excellent. So, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I, I have one daughter who's completely safe. At one point, she added up to 100 uh, decimal points, and, and I know she can still do 50. Right? Right, Megan? So, you know, she's safe if it's only out to the ninth to get it out. And, you know, the miracle there is not her her prowess when it comes to memorization of random numbers, but it's that she would find a husband. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's okay. It's cool to be uncool. There you go. All right. Number 28, anything that specifically says Jesus was single, there's no evidence either way. Very few ancient records of any famous people bother to mention spouses. And I bring that up because, of course, it's that time of year again. And you say, well, what time of year is that? When some dopey Huffington Post religion report comes across our desk saying Jesus was married. Mm -hmm. Or some dopey Latter-day Saint uh, guy trying to say Jesus was married. And it was uh-huh. in the temple. 
Now, would there be anything wrong if Jesus was married? We could ask all kinds of hypothetical questions, but the text does not say Jesus was married. Is it a sin to get married? <laughs> I think well, that's what we have to ask It's ourselves. not sin, but it gives you trouble. And Paul would ask the Church of Corinth, he'd say, you know, something like, uh, I, I just want to keep you from this trouble. Well, yeah, I, I, I really doubt that. Uh, and well, let me just rephrase that. He was not married. All right, here's a fun one. Number 30, any suggestion that we should dress up for church? So true, right? Well, then I guess there's nothing in the Bible that says we should dress down for church. So true. Yeah, and so this this helps me. Uh, I remember at, at Omaha Bible Church, there was a guy that sat in the front row all the time, and even when it was wintertime, he just had no shoes on. He always was the barefoot man. I don't know how he got to his car, but for church, he always had bare feet. And I like to sit in the front so I could, when I preach there, I could see it, see them. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. I, I, I thought you were going to say he always showed up in his pajamas and slippers. And you know what? There's probably a time to show up to church in your pajamas and slippers. It's better than not being there. Barely. But uh, I I don't know. I mean, all I know is, you, you know, it, it's it's fine either way. We're happy to have you. But I, I, I don't know. It just kind of seems to me like it, it says something about what you're thinking about how you dress. I know. Well... This is a crazy list here, Steve. I, yeah, okay. I, I mean, it's 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 devolving. You know, Devo. Yes. Yes, Mark Mothersbaugh. And the, we are and men. The, yes, we are Devo. Yes. Any prohibition of gambling? There's nothing in the Bible that says you shouldn't oh, gamble. That is lame. I mean, we don't have time to do an excursus on gambling, but I think it's pretty fair to say that if we're to view our money as a stewardship. Right, it's something that's God given, and we're we're accountable for it. And you know, let's just think about what it says about elders. You know, they're to run their own household. Well, what does that mean? Just their wife and their kids? No, it means your finances and everything else. So, um, if you're to do that, then gambling is okay within that confine. I I don't think so. Anything uh, familiar or resembling household well, householder well? That, it's very that, close. Yes, yes, Steve. You've got to know when to fold them. Lottery tickets. You know, what's wrong? A little scratcher, a little $5 scratcher and a pack of cools. What's wrong with that? I I don't know, but I'd rather give that money to the Gideons. I'd rather give that money anywhere than to, you know, $5 worth of scratchers and a pack of cools. Because what is that? That's 12 bucks, right? I could give somebody a Bible at least for that. Um, I could probably get somebody... You know, well, I could buy them a couple meals. I there's a lot of things I'd rather do with that money than that. I could put it in my for my college education fund for my grandkids. Steve, when it comes to cools and scratchers and lottery tickets, I don't even know the prices of these things anymore. But when I stand in line at a convenience shop, at a gas stop, a petrol shop, benzene, that's probably my worst Benzinger. thing ever. <laughs> 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 she made a tweet the other day that we were talking about her name. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I saw that's, it. that's why I couldn't, I couldn't resist when you, you know. And so, I, th- I mean, I want to be patient with people, and I know I'm a numbskull as well, and people have to be patient with me. But I just, st- you know, they stand in line, they order five scratchers, they 
you know, I don't know what they get, some kind of knockoff monster drink and a bunch of cools. And then they scratch in front of you and then they want to redeem and you're you're like, hey, hey, dude, there's there's an etiquette to this. You go scratch over there by the latte machine, and then if you win, you come back in line. That's the way it should go in Mike's world. If if I ran a convenience store, which I used to, you know, uh, 35 years ago, uh, if I ran a convenience store, I would have like a scratcher waiting area, you know, where you can go scratch to your heart's delight and then, you know, come back. You know, and then all that kind of silver and platinum and gold-looking oh. Scratcher stuff that comes off. Yeah. It all goes on the floor and it's like pixie dust. It's some kind of charismatic gold dust filling thing. And then and it's it just all dust in the wind. <laughs> uh, how about this? Um, there's no overwhelming proof that Jesus was poor. Most evidence suggests the opposite. Well, he did invest wisely, so I think we can. This is know. crazy. This is some kind of, you, t- you eat some peyote or some kind of ca- cactus well, stuff. You know, if you got the same tips he got from his broker, you'd be doing quite well. So, hmm. All right. Yeah, how- I, I, I mean, it, when, when, he, when he says there's no indication of all these things about Jesus, um, maybe that's because Scripture really isn't about that. You know, I, I mean, I can give you all the same prosperity gospel teaching points you know, for example, did you know he had a garment without a seam? You know how valuable that was in those days? That's why they were casting lots over his garments, because they were super expensive. Steve, uh, there's nothing in the Bible that mentors, mentions transgenderism. Do you know that? Well, that's, uh, you know, I think that should be one of the main points of your next sermon. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, there are a lot of things the the Bible doesn't talk about, right? I mean, it doesn't talk about uh, who gets the right of way at an intersection. But <laughs> Steve, I just have one word to quote my grandma, Nona. Yeah, go ahead. Because Hen- I, I, I would love to have okay. met Nona. Heno. 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 All right, here's a good one. Let's give credit to whom credit is due. Okay. God helps those who help themselves. That is so not in the Bible. That's from Benjamin Franklin. Okay. Poor how, Richard Zalmanek. How about this? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Uh, that's on the bathroom at my house. <laughs> Francis Bacon. Francis Bacon yeah, said that? Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought you were going to say Francis Chan, but I guess. Oh, maybe that's his new book. <laughs> uh, right? Uh, clerical right. collars and clerical robes. Well, that's why we don't wear them, because they're not biblical. See? I feel so much better, because when you put people under the law, well, two things happen. A, it makes them crabby, but B, they get prideful, because I'm doing what the law says. And they want a cleric's collar. I know. Where is that? Would you wear a clerical collar to get into a basketball game for free? Well, it depends on the game. Depends on the game. (laughs) Our situational ethics, you know. Uh, How about age of accountability? Age of, no, there is none. I was just talking to somebody about that the other night. You know, the Bible doesn't give us a, it would be wonderful if it did. You know, does that mean that there's not an age of accountability? You know, some people would believe that, um, well, here's what I say. I would say there is technically an age of accountability. It's just that nobody knows what it is and it varies for all people. So how about that? Mm. I mean, I mean, there is an age when God is going to hold you accountable for believing or not believing. And, you know, the question is, what is that age? I don't really know. And and guess what? You won't ask him when you get to heaven. I totally agree. And I would also add that 
you and everyone else who has ever been born except the Lord Jesus Christ is held accountable by God for Adam's first sin. And so Adam was a federal representative and what he did affected everybody else. And we live in federal government. We understand how that works. And that was God's prerogative. And so we're accountable. You well, know, if accountable you want to get all technical, but I, I'm just saying, you know, an age where God holds you accountable for what you do, you know, um, we, we, we get the, you know, if you want to get all biblical and stuff. Yeah, sure. come on. All right. What else? Uh, women can't wear pants. How about that one? This could turn into like fundamentalism 101. They can't wear pants. They can't dance. They, they can't say advance. Um, there, there must be some other rhymes there, but they escape me. Uh, as if by chance. Uh, All right, Steve, let's talk about this one. It's talking about smoking tobacco and using your body as a temple to forbid smoking. Actually, he has a good point here because we like to use verses in the Bible uh, when they seem to fit our application. And so what do we do when we take this body as a temple language when it comes to smoking and then we apply it to sugar, caffeine, bunt cakes, yeah, for me, it's just Brownsville Station, you know. Brownsville. Teacher, don't you fill me up with your rules. Everybody knows that smoking ain't allowed in school. So, uh, yeah, what do we do with all those kind of rules? Well, I, I think, you know, some people have a word of wisdom. Other people don't have a word of wisdom. Um, for, if God meant your body to have a tattoo on it, he would have made you born with one. I, I just think, you know, a lot of it has to do with stewardship. And, I, I, you know, for me, what you eat only matters in so, in so much as, you know, you don't want to be a glutton. You don't want to, you know, damage your body unnecessarily. But, you know what, if somebody's going to have something with sugar in it, if I have something in sugar, with sugar in it, that's not the end of the world. Smoking, I just think, on so many levels... With all due respect to the smokers out here in our vast radio audience, it's just dumb. It's dumb because it costs a lot of money. It's dumb because it's not good for you. Um, you know, and it, can I say it's a sin? Oh, I really want to. The legalist in me really wants to. But the I, Mormon in you, the latent Mormon it, it, it really in you. wants to. But, you know, for me, just as a stewardship issue people, Think about all the money you are spending on cigarettes and what you could be doing with that. I guarantee you, if you started smoking when you're, nobody starts when they're 21, okay? If you started smoking when you're 15 and you smoke till you're 65, you spent enough money on cigarettes to buy yourself a couple of cars and put all your kids through college. So, I mean, that... Okay, but what about our cigar-smoking friends, our pipe, cherry tobacco pipe smokers, and it's just once in a while? Yeah, because that's kind of, I mean, to me, that's sort of like, it's almost like a hobby. You know, I mean, it's just not the, it's not even on the same level. I mean, if a guy's carrying a pipe around all day and smoking it the same way, well, then I don't see any big difference. Um, So, I'm, I, but the, I, I would have to guess, although I've never smoked, I would have to guess that the intensity... Uh, that you get out of a cigarette is just so much that people just, they, they keep going back. I mean, like this whole, uh, there's this craze here with the the hookah thing where you go to these hookah bars. Um, they, I understand the, the, the it, it's so intense that, you know, people really get addicted to that quite readily. 
All right. Mike Abendroth here with Steve Cooley, the legalist, and we're just working through the issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to stop anybody. I'm not going to call anybody out for smoking. You know, I'm not going to go to their house and say, brother, you have to repent or, you know, you'll not see the kingdom of heaven. I just kind of think just just don't. You know, I know. And the big point we're trying to make here is if if you want to address these situations, we don't want to be hypocritical and say your body's a temple no. and tell people not to smoke for that reason no. alone while we're scarfing down some BLT. Right. Well, or six BLTs, you know, which would be more like it. I'll have another. You know, Steve, we mentioned Francis Bacon, and now we mentioned the BLT. Getting a little hungry. There's that store in Pasadena, fifty-fifty, with the burger, and it's half of uh, the patty is half hamburger and half chopped up bacon. It's pretty good. I want to go there. <laughs> hey, let's do that at Shepherd's Conference. <laughs> That's the way I did last time. All right, I took deal. Luke, and then they make a yeah, malt. Yeah, you didn't take me. And then in the malt, there's one huge, big piece of bacon that's blended up in the malt with ice cream. I don't even think I can resist that. And then a huge piece of bacon stuck in as the, the you know, like the stick, the, the, the twizzle, decoration the, thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the, it is the garnish. So, yes, it's a garnish, a yeah. bacon garnish. Man, it is so good. Was it just vanilla flavor? It puts the fun back into fundamentalism. <laughs> I'm going for it. I could get an IV of this I, bacon I, that's thing. like maybe like a strawberry bacon Oh, okay. yeah. I bet you could ask for it. I want that. Yeah. Okay. With the NOCO Bacon Report. Mmm. Yummy. No Compromise Radio with Pastor Mike Abendroth is a production of Bethlehem Bible Church in West Boylston. Bethlehem Bible Church is a Bible teaching church firmly committed to unleashing the life-transforming power of God's Word through verse-by-verse exposition of the sacred text. Please come and join us. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10.15 and in the evening at 6. We're right on Route 110 in West Boylston. You can check us out online at bbcchurch.org or by phone at 508-835. 3400. The thoughts and opinions expressed on No Compromise Radio do not necessarily reflect those of WVNE, its staff, or management.